You're listening to another podcast from Down Under Investigations. G'day and welcome to another podcast of Down Under Investigations. I'm Sarah. And I'm Simon. And today we're going to be talking about what questions to ask before hiring a private investigator. That's right. We've got seven top questions that we've put together that we uh, want to share with you. So Simon, what's the first question you should ask private investigator? Well, the first question I believe you should ask, and it may not be the most important, but I actually believe it is one of the most important, is are you licensed? You want to ensure that you've got an agent and a private investigator who's actually got a license in the state that they're in to do what you want them to do. Because there's just so many cowboys out there that will try and um, get your work that actually haven't been licensed. Now, um, the licenses are different in each state of Australia. So you want to make sure that they've um, got that license that they're prepared to give you the license number. What you'll find in Victoria is there's actually a database on um, the Victoria Police website, which tells you all about um, who's licensed and who's not. You can search for names, you can search for companies and that sort of thing. So it's actually worth checking out. Basically, to have a license means that you've studied the appropriate courses. Um, There's lots of uh, providers out there that that put you through the course in Victoria. It's the Certificate 3 in Investigative Services. Um, so that's one prerequisite of having a licence. The other one is you've got to pass police checks. So if you're asking someone if they're licensed, you're basically saying, have you got the right uh, qualifications and have you had a police check? So um, police checks are very important because you want to work with someone who isn't a known criminal basically. And that's what the police checks ensure that, you know, you've got someone um, who's reputable and licensed. So that's probably the first question. That's awesome. What about uh, the second the second point? What about, uh, do you have to have insurance? Well, that's, that's the second point is, are you insured? I'd ask every private investigator if they're insured. You need public liability insurance for $50 million to do what we do. Um, that covers you, that covers your agents, that covers property. It covers a whole range of things that your private investigator could get sued for and you potentially could get sued for. If you're not covered and they're not covered, um, you don't need the insurance yourself, but you need to make sure that the private investigator does. Otherwise, there is that inferred liability that comes your way. So make sure you ask them if they're insured. They can even show you a certificate of insurance. Those those things are quite readily available if someone is insured. Um, Make sure you know who's liable. Uh, Make sure if they've got that insurance, you you know, that they're liable for any damage that is caused or any anything that, you know, shall arise through what you're doing. That's great, Simon. What's the third thing you should ask your private investigator? Uh, third thing I believe you should ask a private investigator before engaging them is, are you experienced? You want a private investigator who isn't just fresh out the course, um, freshly got their license all ready and raring to go. You want someone who's actually got a bit of experience behind them. They've been in a f- range of scenarios and situations. They know how to handle things if things go a bit pear-shaped or things go a bit different to the way you expect. Um, it's great to have someone you know that you ha- that's been through it before. Um, what we like to do um, is we'll put a new investigator alongside an, an experienced older investigator, uh, not necessarily older, but you know someone who's been around a little bit longer, just so they can learn from them, so that they can learn from experience. And if there is a, a quick split-second decision that needs to be made, obviously it'll fall on on the older, more experienced investigator to talk the, the junior guy through it and teach him how or her how to make the right decisions at the spur of the moment. That's awesome. So you sort of train 
training a, an older person with their experienced person at the same time. Exactly. And that's that's the best way that they can learn on the job. You know, they've got the, the license and they've got the training and they've got, you know, really no experience or minimal experience through the course that they've done. So it's a great way to really fast track our investigators so that they know how to handle any situation. So what's the, the fourth question you should ask your private investigator? Well, we're going to move to dollars right now. We're going to ask the private investigator how much your service is going to cost. You want to know that you're not going to get ripped off because we've seen instances and heard of stories where investigators have charged thousands and thousands of dollars for services that a client never really agreed to or really never knew what they were expecting. Um, now, we like to be upfront and clear with the prices that we quote and, and basically have a budget in mind when we're we're talking to a uh, potential client. We want to know that they're going to be able to pay for the service that we're offering and that we're going to fit within their means. So what we can do is tailor make certain scenarios and certain uh, surveillance jobs, for example, um, have maybe shorter hours or something like that, just so that we can work within the budget of the client. Um, we've seen a situation where a surveillance job was signed up for, and all they did was agree to an hourly rate. They didn't say work out how many hours they were going to do, when they were going to do these hours, and the budget ended up going to about $10,000 on a surveillance operation where the client only had a budget for $1,000. And the, it was just a bad situation. This was not to do with our company. I just want to make it clear. This was uh, someone else that may have, may or may not have trained me uh, back in the day. And you know, the thing is, you can learn from uh, good experiences and bad experiences. And I saw the way that my boss at the time absolutely ripped this client off, and I was disgusted by it. And so, you know, at Down Under Investigations, we're very clear that we want to work within your means, within your budget, and get the best possible result. So we're up to number five. What's the fifth question you need to ask your private investigator? Well, the fifth one I would ask is, have you handled a case specifically like mine before? Because what you can find is there might be an experienced investigator out there that might be experienced in a whole range of things, but not necessarily experienced in what you need. You might have a, have a child custody matter at the moment where you need your partner followed, for example, while they have... Um, while they have visiting rights to your child. And you want to make sure that the person who's following them knows how to deal with those sorts of situations. They may have experience in locating someone or they may have experience in process serving, but do they have experience in family surveillance and those sorts of issues? So it's really good to give yourself peace of mind that you're engaging an investigator who actually knows how to deal with cases like yours before, especially when they're you know thinking on the fly and they've got to make decisions. You want to make sure they've got that experience Experience, they got the runs on the board and they can handle whatever comes their way. So what's the sixth question you should ask your private investigator? Well, what we've uh, thought about and what we've come up with is that you should ask them what their preferred method of contact is because different investigators like to handle things different ways. Some like email, some like text, some like phone calls. Some are still using the old fax machine. I know, I know. Some people still use those things, just like those people who are still on MySpace and, you know, haven't haven't moved on. Um, so you want to know what the preferred method of contact is between you and the investigator. You, what you'll find is some investigators, when they're actually out on the road and they're conducting a surveillance task, for example, they don't want to be have call after call coming in, they might have, have their phone and their contact on, on airport mode simply so they can focus on the job that they're on and really get the results that they need. Um, especially if they're on your job, you don't want them being distracted from doing what they need to be doing and taking phone calls and replying to emails when they should be focused on a target and following well. Do you agree, Sarah? 
I agree. Probably, would you think the best way would be sort of having it written down in an email or a text sort of so you've got a, a track of all the communication you've had with your private investigator? Absolutely. That's a great way of doing it. Um, like, for example, with us, we will pretty much make it very clear to our, our clients, hey, this is the best way to contact us during an operation. This is the best way to contact us during business hours or outside hours. Um, we've got a 1300 number, which we're accessible on uh, 24-7. We've got emails, we've got text. We've got all sorts of ways of communicating. Um, we're happy to give out mobile numbers on occasion, uh, generally to good, happy, paying clients, uh, which we generally deal with. And um, yeah, just the good thing is to work out what works for you and for the investigator as well. So what's the, f- the final question you should ask your, your PI? Well, another great question, uh, our number seven is, when can I expect an update or a report on my file? So let's say you've given someone the task of locating a, a missing loved one or a missing friend that you haven't seen for a while, you want to make contact again. You know, sometimes it's good to give the investigator um, a little bit of time to put the inquiries together to go about the searches and do the things they need to do. It's good to agree beforehand on a time frame of when they can expect to hear, when you can expect to hear back from your investigator. So for example, it might be that's that scenario. You'd say, well, you know, in a week's time, uh, can we expect a report? And you know, that can be a good time frame for your investigator to do the task and put together a report for you. It may be they've done a surveillance job overnight and you've, you, you know, nothing about the job and you haven't heard anything. Um, when the agent worked overnight sometimes they don't want a phone call first thing in the morning when you know they've been up all night trying to uh, focus and and obviously get the results that you're after so maybe um, you agree beforehand that all right you know I'll wait to hear from you and and obviously a good investigator will update you as soon as possible on your file and on your matter and uh, let you know what you need sometimes um, you know if there's video or photos that need to be taken they can't always be obtained straight away but you know, having a time frame just takes away that that stress and that frustration, and you, you'll feel like, well, my investigator's not ignoring me; they're just working on my file, and I just need to relax, give them some time, be a bit patient, and I will get the reports and the results back that I want. That's right. Every job that we do is important, so you know we try and do our best to to keep all the jobs, you know, running and flowing, and and keeping up to date with all the the reports that we need to be given. Exactly. And even with process serving too, sometimes, you know, a process server might be out all day, serve 20 or 30 documents. Um, they can't always get a report to you straight away, but, you know, generally we try and within 24 hours of, uh, of our documents being served, get a report through to the solicitors or the individual who's contracted us. That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's some great questions that you can ask your private investigator before you decide to uh, go ahead with the job. Yeah, I hope you find that helpful and uh, thanks for listening to another podcast. For more information on how we can help, go to downunderinvestigations.com or call 1300 849 007.